welcome to the Whiskey and Wool Podcast. And welcome back to the Whiskey and Wool Podcast, where we review country albums and things that are alt-country or various shades of dirt. I'm Benjamin Lindsay, and with me is David Lynch. How you doing, David? Doing all right. All right, man. So what are we doing today? Lydia Loveless, somewhere else. That's right. This album came out in 2014 on Bloodshot Records. Um, I did not look up the runtime, but the players on this album are Ben Lamb on bass, Nick German on drums, uh, drums even, <laughs> Lydia Loveless on guitar and vocals, Todd May on guitar and backing vocals, Nate Holman on organ, and Jay Gasper on steel guitar. Oddly enough, I can't find a runtime on this. Um, but it's ten tracks. Yeah. And uh, a couple of them are a little on the longer side, so I I would guess it's forty minutes easy. Forty-two minutes and twenty-one seconds. So pretty close. Yep, I was pretty close. All right. Um, so. I guess I'll start. The thing that really stood out to me on this album is her voice. Yeah. She has one of those um, big, powerful, bluesy voices. Um, I think a good comp that most people would know is Janis Joplin. Um, Not that she sounds exactly like Janis Joplin, but it's that similar undisciplined, just can stand in the front of the room and, and belt it out to where everybody in the back can hear it kind of things. Yeah, I'll uh, say that I discovered her on the album prior to this, and a big part of the reason that that I dug more into her catalog was because of her voice <laughs> and and the distorted guitars, because I, I, I just love distorted guitars in country music for some reason. I'm more big into rock-influenced country. Well, this is definitely rock influence. This is one of the most rock influence albums we've done, I think. Yeah, and I'll, one thing I'll say about her is I, you can, if you listen to all her first three CDs back to back, you can see the progression. Oh, yeah. Her first one started out where she was, she was young and it was her first album and it was more straight country with some story songs, and then she released her second album and brought in more of the more of the edge in the rock guitars and started singing about more personal lyrics, you know, and then this album came along which was even yeah. more rock influenced, which to me, this album sounds like a cross between country and 60s garage rock. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. definitely. And I wonder how much that is because, and I didn't know this until today, actually, um, apparently right before she recorded this, she had written an entire other album and then scrapped it and wrote this album and recorded it. So I wonder if that garage rock feel to it isn't part of that improvisational practice of writing a whole nother album on the fly to meet your deadline. Well, I don't know, but I, uh, if they recorded this album the same way they recorded the other one, or the one previous one, where they didn't do overdubs or anything, and it was recorded all live with just multiple takes, that would also kind of give it that feel too. Um, I I know that they did some overdubs on this because there's one of the albums that has a lot of layered guitar, so there was at least overdubs on that. Yeah. Um, what's What's funny is this album was the 
was the least country album they had done to date, and it was the first album where they took a steel guitar player on tour with them. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah. Since I, I I had seen her live supporting the previous album and then saw her live supporting this album, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really interesting that you make that garage rock comp because I hadn't really thought of that till you said it, but it does fit because you know uh, the last album that we did, Turnpike Troubadours, I talked about how great everybody a player was on that, and and the people in this band that she had with her might be equally good as players, but it doesn't show in the recording of this album because the musicianship. It's good, but it's also sloppy. You're giving it kind of that garage slash live feel. Yeah, and and honestly, having having seen them, I, I think that was intentional. I, they're they're yeah. all pretty decent musicians, and I think that was intentional. That's entirely <clears throat> possible. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know enough about it to know, but usually, it, to to sound that sloppy. You usually have to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that was my initial thoughts of the album. Um, anything else you want to say about it before we start talking about songs? Uh, I'm not. I'm not, not sure if I have anything else to add about the album like that as a whole. All right. So let's start going into some of the songs. Um, this to me is a slightly un wise because there are some songs on here that I think are are great a I mean uh, everything's gone holy fuck I mean that that song is will be a song that I'll have with me for the rest of my life yeah. I'm hurt so bad is another one yep. um, and then a lot of the some of the other ones are are I hate to use the term but a couple of the others are almost filler tracks to me yeah uh, there's only really one song that I would call filler track on it because see I think I think Chris Isaac is fantastic, and I think Head is fantastic, and then of course everything's gone and hurt so bad and somewhere else. I thought I thought all of those were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, wine lips. Um, I'm not as much of a fan as Chris Isaac, uh, Chris Isaac as you are. Um, Verlaine shot Rimbald. Um, you know, and the, those are, are okay. I mean, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I didn't think that they were great. So they're they're kind of the ones that I was thinking of as more filler tracks. I'm going to say those two tracks grew on me as as I gave the album more listens. Sure, sure. Well, and you've been, <clears throat> you've been a um, stumping for Lydia Loveless for a long, long time. Um, yeah, you, so you you've know, spent been, a lot more. Yeah. I've been hammering, <laughs> hey, listen to this girl for, for years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can see where uh, having spent that much time with them, they would have grown on you more. Because this, uh, I hadn't listened to the entire album until we decided to do it. Um, I'd listened to a lot of the individual songs David had picked out and said, hey, you should listen to these. Um, and I'll, yeah. those are kind of the ones that, that really I, I vibe with more than, than some of the other album tracks. And I'm going to say, Everything's Gone, that is an, a song you need to hear her do live when she, when it's just her and her guitar on stage playing that song and she's about half drunk. It, it's amazing how much more emotional that song is. Uh, it's pretty emotional on the way they recorded it, but yeah, having um, you shared a live video of her singing it with me, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. I will say this band, the first time I saw them live, it, I was like, eh, they were all right. 
with the second and the third time I saw them, they were amazing. It was like they had figured out their live sound a little better, you know? And, yeah. and I don't know. It's, it's insane to me to see someone like her who has such a strong voice and has such a strong presence when they're on stage. But then when you talk to them off, off stage after the show, you can tell how uncomfortable they are dealing with people and talking to people and stuff. You know, the whole social anxiety thing that you, you can tell she really deals with that off stage. But, yeah. but on stage, you know, she's like a whole different person. It's crazy mm. to see somebody that different. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Which, and that, if you listen, the second album had had some songs on there talking kind of talking about social anxiety and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's that uncommon. I, you probably just don't have the access to, to talk to a whole lot of the these people I, off stage. I would guess more than the people who are like that. Most of them probably don't bother coming out and talking to people after the show. But right, right, that's probably true too. But I, I mean, I think when you, I, I think that when you are an up and coming act, that it is more incumbent on you just to build the audience so that they have that connection. Yep. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're up and coming, coming out after shows and talking to people and signing autographs is so important. I mean, and honestly, the the person who seemed the most at ease of anybody that I've seen after a show doing that was Hank Three. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, I'm trying to think. Well, her her bass player Ben Lamb, uh-huh. that guy won't shut up when you talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bass player it's, to be, it's the only time he ever gets to talk <laughs> yeah because I, I went up to the merch table to get a CD for her to her to sign you know and he just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny which is fine he's a cool guy you know yeah but, yeah <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll the point that I was actually going to make when I started talking about this before we got off on that is I wonder if that was them having toured a whole lot more and had more experience playing together, or if they just changed sound men, and so, or sound person, I guess is what I should say. Um, I, I think it was just them touring together more because uh, two of the times were at the same venue, and I think it was the venue sound person that ran Sound Farm both times. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure that. I didn't think about that, but they probably don't carry their own sound engineer with them everywhere they go, like Clutch does. So. No, yeah, no, we're <laughs> we're talking about a whole lot, whole lot smaller yeah. thing here. I mean, I bet, I bet the first time I saw her, there was 50 people there, you know. Yeah. And then the second time, there was maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, to me, their sound is, not that I don't want them to have a whole lot of success and hope that they can play like really large venues, but it, they seem like their sound is made for intimate places. Um, I would agree with that, but I will also say that they released another album after this and it sounded nothing like this. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, since that album, they haven't done anything. It's been, what, when was this one? Uh, 2014 is when this one was released. Yeah, so I, th- I think that one came out in like 2015 or 2016, and nothing since. Uh, 2016, yeah. Uh, looks like she pops up and does a solo live performance, but as far as touring, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it looks like the the next album reel came out in 16, and then the following year they did a live documentary album about who is Lydia Lovelace. 
yeah, that was a DVD. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I'm not sure what happened. I know, I know somewhere after that album in 2016, her and the bass player were married and they got divorced. Yeah. And so I have no idea. And every time I saw them live, they had a different drummer. Yeah. And so I have no idea if that's playing into why she hasn't done any, really done anything or, I mean, we're talking about somebody with social anxiety and obviously deals with depression and stuff. Is there maybe some of that when you come into a, uh, uh, what do you, a self, uh, self-destruction kind of thing where, Hey, I'm starting to get popular. I got to do something to screw it up, you know, kind of thing or. <laughs> yeah yeah who knows because um, i know i know she was starting to get a whole lot of buzz for her songwriting and rolling stone was pr- printing articles about her and everything and then just it was like it's like she blew it all up right there in 2016 <laughs> yeah you know so i don't i don't know i really don't know uh, yeah i don't either that's that's very interesting though um hmm. well hopefully whatever it is she it's Patrick making music again. Um, yeah. Like I said, she pops up and does a solo live show every once in a while, solo acoustic yeah. show. And I think she's doing a podcast with her current boyfriend too. Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, that's a, an interesting thing because, and I see it more with writers than I necessarily do with musicians, but I, I know that there are some writers that I follow out there that they get to a point where they say they don't have anything left to write and they'll often transition into doing something else like a podcast for example that's what made me think of it and i'm wondering if she kind of feels the same way and it might just be a temporary thing because of the divorce and and whatever's going on with that it could also be a label dispute i mean who who knows could be and Um, and and listening to her albums and how each album evolves mm -hmm. you know yeah is maybe maybe she's just not coming up with anything to evolve it further you know yeah and yeah i don't know what's funny is the reason she started doing country music was because of hank three and she loved the country and the punk infused country like that and then but on the last album it was kind of pop kind of stuff because she talks about how much big a fan she is of pop music and kesha and stuff like that yeah and so i don't know could be this whole just battle of what do i want to do yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, let's read this thing. I'll let you go first. That's just our custom. Yeah. Um, I'd say our ratings are going to be pretty different on this. Yeah, they are. Cause, <laughs> I'm confident. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going A-plus on this. This When we talk about our top ten albums of all time, I usually uh-huh. list this album. So wow. <laughs> that's how much I like it. Yeah, um, they're going to be significantly different. Cause, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a B plus because the songs on here that I like, I like a whole lot. But the, there were just some of the songs that didn't connect, and maybe it's because I haven't put in the the number of spins to really get acclimated to them. Because I do think there is something to that. That's why pop music is so damn um, infectious. It's because if you listen to it enough, you it triggers something in your brain to make you like it, whether it's a good song or not. Um, so I don't know if it's whether I just haven't listened to this whole album enough to to get those songs, or if I just 
or what it is, but they just didn't connect with me. So that, that keeps it from being like that upper tier of legendary albums. I do think that there are, as I said, there are uh, two or three legendary songs on this album, but the rest of them just weren't quite strong enough to put this into the A range for me. And I will say it also helps seeing some of these songs live to appreciate them better. Yeah, and that's also true. So, yeah, I mean, my first listen through, having never heard them before, I'd, I'd probably go lower on my grade too. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of my favorite albums ever. I five one years of your old, top ten albums ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's five years old, and I still uh-huh. pull this album out and listen to it all the time. Yeah, and there's not many I can say that about. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, even to Turnpike Troopers, as much as I enjoy that album, I hadn't listened to it in a couple of years until we decided yeah. we were going to review it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. But yeah, and I was I, just listening to this one last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes me think. Uh, I don't even know, couldn't even begin to tell you what my top ten albums are. Yeah. Maybe, uh, but. Maybe we should get together with your other podcast guys sometime and do an episode of our top ten favorite albums of any genre. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Getting everybody together might be a pain in the dick, but I like <laughs> <Yeah>. that idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them about that because I think that'd be fun. Of any genre. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, um, what are we going to do next time? Um, I think we decided on John Fulbright's songs. Yes. So the guy that we didn't know was in Turnpike Troubadour, so we're going to do one of his solo albums. <laughs> yeah. We were already a fan of him and had no idea he was in Turnpike Troubadour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that should be fun. But yeah, if you uh, think that I'm being unfair and giving Lydia too low of a grade, or if you agree with me, just let us know, and we'll, we'll have that discussion Uh, on the interwebs like we like to do but until then thank you for stopping by for whiskey and woe and have a good one